Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum more. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Punch It, episode 40. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan, I am so pumped for today, because we are going to discuss something that we have not discussed on the podcast before. You and I have never actually spoken about this before, up until a couple of days ago, and... I, like, if you guys have seen the episode title or seen the episode art, you know what we're talking about. And we are talking about Tron and Tron Legacy. And we are writing a Tron Legacy sequel on the fly because you, Charlene Schmidt, just saw Tron and Tron Legacy for the first time in your entire life just last week. Uh, Yes. Yes, this is a very recent development. And so you're probably all thinking, uh... Sure, Tron was released 35 years ago. Yes, I know. I'm a little bit behind the curve. However, in my defense, I did it in massively cool style. Can I talk a little bit about how I saw the original Tron? Please do, because I know the story, and it's incredibly interesting, and I want the listeners to find out. Okay, so now that I live in Los Angeles, I get to do cool L.A. things, right? And so I came across through Bruce Boxleitner's feed one day that they were doing a special screening of Tron at the El Capitan Theater, which does Disney productions, past and present, on some random night here. And I thought, ooh, well, that's an affordable night out. It might be a lot of fun to go out and do that. And best of all, there was going to be like a little panel with... Uh, the writer of Tron, Bruce Boxleitner. There was one other guy there, and I'm afraid I don't remember who it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, they were going to be there, and I just thought, oh, well, that might be really interesting. Tron is something I've always wanted to watch. I just never really quite got around to it. You guys know how I am. It, it just it <sighs> sort of happens serendipitously or by kicking and screaming, okay, I'll finally do it, when somebody finally pins me down and makes me surrender to their will. So we went out, my husband and I, we went to go see Tron, and I loved it. It looked so beautiful on the big screen. They had a great print. It looked so amazing. And even though this was made in 1982, I was fairly impressed by the level of special effects. I mean, I cannot imagine the amount of time it took to make all of that stuff back in that day. Today, they could do more with less effort. But back then, that had to have been such an undertaking because it looked like hard work. So I can just imagine how much it really was. It was the first CGI movie. Aha. Okay. Well, plus you've got that and you have Bruce Boxleitner in tights. So this is not at all a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
And by the way, the panel was pretty cool. They talked a little bit about the movie, the making of it. They went into a little bit of the writing of it. And this had been a story that the writer, John Lisberger, came up with in the mid-70s. And finally, Disney just decided, yes, we're really going to do this thing. And eventually it came to be. It was it was a fantastic night out. And then suddenly I got just really excited about Tron. I told you all about it. I told a few of my friends about it. And I told the folks at the nerd party about it. And everybody was just on me like, you've got to watch Tron Legacy now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. And I'm like, OK, OK, I'm interested. Let's get off my back for one second. Now, your recommendation to me was make sure you watch it on Blu-ray. Blu-ray or HD, what, whatever it was, make sure you saw it on 1080p, whether it's on digital or Blu-ray, because this is a movie that is so, both of them are so visual. I mean, that, that's the gimmick. That's the trick, is that these movies are so utterly visual. Oh, and yeah, computer animation and color and action, you've got to see it in high definition. You can't watch it on your phone. You can't watch oh, no, it on no. your laptop. You got to watch it on a big screen TV in HD or better yet in the theater. I am so excited for you that you saw Tron, the original Tron in the theater. I've never even yeah. seen the original Tron in theater because oh, I, man. I wasn't around. I wasn't alive when it came out. <laughs> but yeah, I love these movies and the original Tron. I was raised on the original Tron. We had it on VHS, then we had it on DVD, and then I, of course, own it on Blu-ray. And my dad, my mom, and I, we would all watch it together all the time. And nice. uh, I actually saw it. W I actually saw Tron Legacy with my parents because we're such fans together. Oh, that's sweet. I went home specifically to my hometown so that we could watch this movie together. Right on. That's and so cool. I remember telling you this story when uh, when I tried to convince you to see Tron Legacy, but my, my mom is such a Tron fan and a Daft Punk fan that during the scene where uh, Sam, Kev uh, Kevin Flynn's uh, son, sees the game arena for the first time mm -hmm. and the music really kicks in, it goes in slow motion, everything like that, my mom was so excited she reached across my father and just started hitting me as hard as possible in the shoulder because she was so excited. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So now I have to ask, what did she do when she saw Daft Punk kind of as the disc jockeys at the nightclub? Oh, she lost it. She absolutely lost it. That was another time when she like she pointed at the screen and then pointed <laughs> at me. Like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? That was my fan, like my fangirl Daft Punk moment right there was, oh my God, they're in the movie. That's so awesome. Because I mean, they made a great soundtrack. I did not know they were in the movie. And then there they were. And it was so perfect. It was perfect. This was a Tron is a classic and it's, it's an instant classic. And Tron Legacy is kind of divisive. Like a lot of people love it and a lot of people don't like it. It didn't, it didn't, uh, it was not a critic's darling. It didn't make that much money and it just was not a hit. And the first time I saw it, there was a little bit of the plot towards the end that kind of confused me. And I was like, oh, that could have been done better. But the more that I watch it, the more I appreciate it, the more I like it. And the more I feel like it is a worthy sequel of the original. And it's honestly, it's one of my favorites because of the music, the visuals. And even though I'm not a big Garrett Hedlund fun, um, Hedlund fund, Hedlund <laughs> fan, that's hard to say. Uh, yeah. I think he did a, a fine job. He did an okay job. And Olivia Wilde is, as Cora is, of course, fantastic. 
and it's always good to see Jeff Bridges again. Totally. So what what we're here to talk about today is a Tron Legacy sequel is not going to happen. We're it's not, not. going to get a trilogy. It's not going to happen. We're not going to get a trilogy. It's really sad, but there's rumors that we're going to get a reboot of Tron itself. Oh, the original. And yes. And so. Come on. I'm so sick of this Hollywood. Don't mess with the classic. I don't know if it's going to be a remake or if it's going to be a reboot itself or reimagining or what. I'm actually okay with it. I am okay with it. I love the classic. It's one of my favorites. I was raised on it. But if we're not going to get a Tron Legacy sequel, I am okay with them giving us a new spin or a new idea because we are in the digital age. I mean, when this movie was made, the original was made in 82, we were on the cusp of computers just being somewhat normal and it wasn't even happening in everyday lives. Like not everybody had a computer back then. Very few people had a computer back then. Yeah, that's a part of what makes Tron so amazing is it was so imaginative for its time. Still is. I mean, even if it came out today, you would think, wow, this is the next level. Exactly. And so, you know, we all have a computer inside our pockets now. And so I want to see what a Tron movie would look like if the original was made today. I'm interested. If it sucks, then it sucks. Whatever. We still have the original. But if it's great, then, hey, we have a new chapter in the legacy. So... With that in mind, with knowing that we're not going to get a sequel, I'd really love to know what you and I would like to get from a sequel. And so for those of you who don't haven't seen Tron or Tron Legacy, I'm just going to be honest, uh, this episode's probably not for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, uh, we're going to discuss things you're not going to understand. And we definitely recommend watching Tron and Tron Legacy because Tron is a classic and Tron Legacy is just pure fun. And watch it for the soundtrack alone and the visuals. It really is entertaining. Whether you agree with the plot or the writing or not, it's entertaining. Can we take a step back for a second? I'm curious because I really did like Tron Legacy. I thought, especially toward the end, the payoff made it a very worthy sequel. And so I want to know from you, as somebody who knows this franchise a lot better than I do, what was it that people didn't like? Why did it receive such criticism? You know, I don't know exactly what people didn't like. I thought, from my personal perspective, what I can tell you, what I didn't think worked perfectly, even though I love the film. You can still love a movie and think it's great and still be critical of it. Oh, totally. We did that for four years with Voyager. Like, I know know that's not very 2017 of me, but I still believe that. I think the isomorphs at the end when... Flynn was explaining them, I think, was a little confusing. It was a little of where do they come from? Why are they important? And Uh why is this a part of the plot? And I feel like Garrett Hedlund's performance was a little stiff, a little wooden. And I don't think they used enough Bruce Boxleitner at all. No. No, I wanted so much more Bruce Boxleitner. He was very much underutilized. And also, I feel like Jeff Bridges changed Kevin Flynn too much. I feel mm. like the character that we saw in Tron Legacy was nothing like the character character we saw in Tron. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not inherently a bad thing. This guy was removed from society for 30-some years. And right, and he's older. He's learned a lot in this time. But that spontaneity, that spark, 
did seem to be gone from the character, which I did find a little bit sad, but I just, upon one viewing, wrote it off as age and isolation. I did. And also, we don't know exactly how long he interpreted or perceived time in Tron Legacy. It's my belief that he was probably there for hundreds of years. Hmm. That's an interesting thought that didn't occur to me. Because time goes by more quickly in the grid than it does out in the real world, as he talked about. He Mm -hmm. said, like, an hour inside the grid would be just a couple minutes outside. So if, by that logic, if he's in there for 35 years, boom, he's an ancient man now. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So that's definitely going to change your perspective. Yeah, I think so. And that would explain why he's a different person. But at the same time, I feel like he took it too far and he kind of became the dude from Big Lebowski. (laughs) Well, you know what I interpreted Sam to be was he was almost trying to do sort of like a portrayal of James Kirk in Star Trek 2009. I felt like there was a huge parallel between the two characters but in those huh. movies, like he's huh. he's James Kirk only toned down a little and not not quite as exciting to watch. I, I, he. Yeah, I don't know. I the acting was OK, but I prefer Chris Pine. If Chris Pine had maybe taken this role, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, bring it. But that would probably that, be just a little too much crossover. <laughs> I don't know. That would have been a very, very cool movie. I would have said bring that on. But. I also think that the animation, the facial, making Jeff Bridges look younger wasn't quite ready yet. Mm. I don't, I think we're about five years too early for that technology. <laughs> and I don't know. I found it passable. But that's the thing. It was passable. It wasn't, here's one thing that I think they, that could have fixed it very easily is mm. if we didn't see young Kevin Flynn outside the grid, I think uh, we would have been able to accept it a little bit more because, you know, when, when we see a young Jeff Bridges, a fake young Jeff Bridges in the real world, it's obvious that it's, that it's a digital face, it's a digital makeup, and he's surrounded by real things. But if, if he's in the grid, it's all CGI, it's all animation, it's all colors and and contrast and lack of saturation and everything like that. So we're able to kind of excuse it a little bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would have been a good, I I don't know, that would have been a nice separation from the filmmaker's perspective to help the audience along. Yeah. I feel like it was a mix of all those things. Okay. And I don't consider those huge criticisms. Story-wise, I really enjoyed it and... I, I got something out of it, which is more than I can say for a lot of movies. So it was good in my book. But since we're not going to get the sequel, and that is a dirty old shame now that I know that, we have some work to do. Yes, let's talk about it. Let's let's get out the whiteboard. I don't know if we'll be able to get a complete story, but we can at least bounce some ideas off of each other. So uh, in the words of Zeus, uh, let's alter the scheme, change the mood. Let's electrify the boys and girls if you could be so kind. <laughs> That character, man, I swear. <laughs> you give David Bowie a little bit of acid and combine him with uh, Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka, I think you've got that guy. <laughs> Good nice. times. I would go to his nightclub just for the antics. But, yes, whiteboard is erased. <laughs> and I'm 
I've got an idea that I want to pitch to you. I feel like there's several doors that we could open, but we've already mentioned one of the big things that I would love to not correct, but maybe give just a little more fan service to in another Tron movie. And that is Bruce freaking Blockslightner, baby. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, in this film, we need to see a whole lot more Boxleitner. Yes, and one thing that I did feel betrayed by was that Tron did convert to the evil army, and that ain't right. That was an interesting choice, though. I was, uh, I kind of applaud that choice because <laughs> it's not something that you expect, and you didn't understand it right away, and they kept dropping yeah. hints throughout the movie, like when... Tron first used two discs at the same time and then he kind of looks at himself and then you realize oh crap he's using two discs just like Rensler. right and yeah no I mean from a writing standpoint it was a very good choice but Tron being the hero in the original movie you think oh man you're let down just a little bit even if you don't want to be but you are yeah but at the end of Tron Legacy they let you know that he turns from the dark side and goes towards the light again yes thankfully but it's just the idea you know what i mean so we need like a little bit of redemption i feel from tron via bruce boxleitner's character in the real world and I, by the way i love that they kept the glasses on him you know they've, they've changed it over the decades but <laughs> boxleitner's character is still wearing glasses just like he did in the original movie that's hilarious anyway so we had some interesting things happen in Tron Legacy that were new. Like we have Dillinger Jr. basically screwing things up for the company. He's sort of like this kind of, I don't know, cocky guy. He's like, oh, I got this. I got this. It's fine. But really, he's ruining everything. <laughs> what? He, didn't, he didn't ruin any, anything. Well, with the OS 12 thing, you know how it came a little buggy and he's like, oh, I'll fix it. It's fine. And it just he's kind of a jackass and I don't like him. He's a bad guy. What? what he didn't he didn't ruin, like he's the one who saved like he's the one. Edward Dillinger Jr. is the one who basically reclaimed the system from Sam. Well, yes, but he is his attitude sucks. <laughs> OK, All right, well. <laughs> Anyway, like, yeah, this Edward Dillinger Jr. is, you know, he's the he's the son of the former CEO from the original Tron, and he's played by Killian Murphy, and this Killian Murphy was uncredited in Tron Legacy, and this was a cameo in this movie with the promise that he was going to have a much bigger role in Tron 3. Oh, so here we go. I'm giving him his part. There you go. Because I, I do kind of want him to at least be at odds with everybody else. Because Sam, apparently, is now going to lead the company. And his vision, I think, is going to be very different from Dillinger Jr. Okay. So these two, that we're going to have protagonists, antagonists. And in the meanwhile, we have Alan, who I think is going to have some sort of instrumental role at, at bringing back Tron. And so let's say we're kind of cutting ahead to a little bit of time, not much, but a little bit where Sam has been running the company for a little bit. Things have settled down just a little bit, but uh, they're trying to get the new OS out and avoid the public relations nightmare of, oh, this thing is horrible. It's going to crash. Things are just not good anymore with this company. And so they've really got to knock it out of the park. 
And so I'm kind of wondering, how can we incorporate things like, I don't, do we have a primitive version maybe of the grid potentially going into some software, things that they've used to develop it? And then, of course, things have to go a little bit wrong because that's the whole idea. You get sucked into the grid and then there's the problems. <laughs> and then you have the adventure from there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wait, wait. So you, your idea is just that it's it's the same as, as Tron Legacy where they're releasing an OS, but in this one they're releasing the next OS and... I- I'm but thinking, Sam's yeah. the CEO. I'm thinking, yes, they're trying to basically avert another disaster because news got out that OS 12, I think it was, was just crazy and things went wrong with it. Like people saw the YouTube video, you know, of things crashing and all that. And they're like, what mm-hmm. the heck? And so it became a disaster for a while and the company has suffered. How are they going to make their comeback? Well, they've got to come out with something innovative. And that's where you can tie in things from the grid. Okay. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm, tr- I'm trying to latch onto this. I'm. I'm. I'm trying. Okay. To... And if you've got a better idea, please shout it out. Well, I'm. Okay. Well, so I'm. I'm just trying. I think we. I think we need something with a little bit more meat to get going. I think. I think we need a a, okay. a. a little bit of a stronger direction to go for for the drama. So. Okay. Here's one more thing I've got in my pocket, and, and then I'll then I'll let you talk. <laughs> okay. Is I feel like all this time, Alan has had a backup of the grid that he told nobody about. It's the very primitive original version that was unrefined. The one we saw in the original Tron, not Legacy. It's going to look primitive, but they use it to build because that was before everything got corrupted. And so then you have a nice little throwback of like you have to have the black and white faces again and that sort of thing. I, I think that's an interesting idea, and I think that would make a nice throwback, but I don't think that's something that you'd want to make the crux of it. Because you want to move forward. You want to go, you know, like okay. we had a huge leap in Tron Legacy. And you don't really want to go back. Because I, that feels a little bit like fan service. Where you're just like, hey, you remember 1982? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. But is that not a huge trend right now? And did Tron Legacy not have a lot of fan service? Well, it had a lot of references. But it wasn't like, let's live in 1982. You know what no, I'm it saying? Wasn't, no, no, you're right. It wasn't, li- let's live in 1982. But let's bring out all the classic lines. Like that's a big door. Yeah. Yes. That 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 one was was quite <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, I don't think Tron is above that. Let's put it that way. No, I'm I'm not saying that. I just say like I think that would make a nice throwback. That would make a nice reference if we saw something like that, or if maybe that came in later in the game, or like somehow is like I had a backup Tron somewhere. I like maybe that would be interesting, but I don't think that can be the main thing. I don't think we would could, should spend the majority of our time there. Okay. So, in that case, do you have a proposal for something bigger? Well, I think what we should do is we need to focus on Quora. Well, and that's, that's the other big question, Mark, is what are we going to do with her? Because now she's a part of this whole thing, and she's an isomorph. What do we do with that? I think we need to start there. I think 
I, I think that needs to be because this was the big thing. Like he Jeff Bridges sacrificed himself for not only Sam, his son, but also for Cora, and who was like a daughter to him. And so his kids are now out of the grid and he's gone. He's dead. And so Sam is now able to heal and move on because he no longer feels like his dad abandoned him. But now his dad is actually gone. So he has closure now. He, right. he is able to heal and move on. And so I want to see him. I, I want to take what you said. I want to see him throw himself into the business, into um, being CEO. And I want to see him do it in tandem with Alan, with Bruce Bikesleitner. And I, I want to see them, basically, I want to see Alan as the CEO, actually. I want to see Alan as the CEO. You? <laughs> you know, I would love to, but you know what? I don't think Alan, I think Alan is closer to retirement than anything. He's, he's going to have one more adventure and go out with a bang and then say, you know what? That's it. I'm going out on top. Sam has got this. It's time for the next generation to lead. That's where I was going at the end of this, I think, is that... Alan is the CEO, like Sam is not ready. He's too, he's too young. He's too irresponsible still, even though, you know, he has closure and he's moving on. And I think Alan would be like, I think Sam would put Alan in the CEO seat and then, but Sam would be working behind the scenes on innovation. Like you were talking about, you know, like focusing on what's the new thing, what's moving forward and how he does that is by using Cora and her code and her genius on developing that new thing. Ooh, okay, now that's interesting. I think even better yet, maybe Sam and Alan are working together on innovation. Because I think that's what really gets Alan going. You know what I mean? But, well, but like, I think... Just, we yeah. want to see that, but then also we do see Sam growing up a little bit, but he does know that, yes, he does not know everything about running a company. I do think you're right in that respect where he needs Alan. Alan needs to groom him for this role so that when... Alan does retire, the company's in good hands. I see it as kind of a Lucius Fox and Bruce Wayne kind of relationship. Okay. Where, you know, how Bruce Wayne owns the company, but Lucius Fox runs the company. Okay, and, okay. But, but Bruce Wayne is still heavily involved in the decision-making process. So it's very much a partnership, but yeah. Alan runs the day-to-day and Sam is the one trying to push the envelope. But of course, yes, they work together. They, you know, they, they're two peas in a pod. But the real innovation starts with Cora because she knows the grid. She's from the grid. She was born in the grid. Yeah. And so I want to see. But the thing is, of course, and going back to what you were talking about, Dillinger Jr., he's angry. He was the lead programmer. And is he still at the company? Was he let go? Is he angry because he's now off of the CEO track? Yeah. Does he get dismissed by Sam? Does Sam have to fire him because they're at odds all the time? What do you think? Is he is Dillinger still with the company? Did Sam keep him with the company to keep him close? You know, keep your enemies, you mm. know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer type deal? Or did he get rid of him because he just couldn't stand him anymore? Boy, either option can work. This is a tough decision. I mean, it's more dramatic if, say, Sam fires him. But I do like the idea also of keep your friends close and your enemies closer because then he's able to keep more of an eye on him. But he's so sneaky that he's doing things behind his back. I think it's more interesting if he if he keeps him on board. And 
here's where I'm going and let me know. Maybe you can help me get there. So I have kind of a destination. So maybe you can help me get there. You got it. I want Dillinger to go into the grid, whether it's the old grid, an improved grid, or a brand spanking new grid. I want Dillinger to go into it and wreak havoc. And so Sam and Cora have to go in and capture him and get him out Mm. and undo the damage that he did. Yes. Okay. I've got the, I've got kind of the marriage of all of our ideas. Maybe Sam does want to fire him after a really heated meeting. And then Quora is the one who kind of calms him down and says, no, you need him. He's a really talented guy. You just have to mold him a little bit, work together, find your common ground. Dillinger does go in into the grid, messes things up, doesn't know what he's doing. And then Sam and Quora and maybe even Alan has some part in getting him back. And maybe that's how Tron also gets into the picture, if you want to include Tron. So do we make Dillinger the antagonist? Is Maybe he is the reluctant antagonist because he just screws things up, he gets in over his head, and maybe there's some redemption yeah. at the end? I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. Yeah, I think that makes the character a whole lot more interesting than just, oh, the bad guy, like kind of where I was going in at first. This gives him a lot more of a dynamic. It makes him more interesting. But I also like the idea that he's not a completely bad guy. Neither was his father, not completely. And maybe he's even learned a lesson or two from his father. So let's give him just a little bit of credit. What if the goal is to find and recover Tron? Where Tron is the MacGuffin. Tron is the goal, the prize, the holy grail. Where he, like, once he got reactivated into the light at the end of Tron Legacy, what if he went all Luke Skywalker and went into hiding? Because he realized that maybe he was too powerful and he had to remove himself from the situation just like Kevin Flynn did in Tron Legacy. Well, this brings up a very important question. Do we want to bring up the idea that the grid was more or less killed at the end of Tron Legacy? Is there anything left? Do we want to start fresh from that? Do we want to go back? I don't think it was killed because at the end, we see Sam transfer it to his USB necklace. And so it's always with him. And so I don't think it was destroyed. I don't think it was destroyed at all. But I think I want to go back and see a flourishing new revitalized grid where once Clue is gone, it's able to be the utopia that Jeff Bridges wanted it to be okay. when they when they started fresh. I want to see so, it. So, yeah. I'm just wondering, is the program so corrupted? Is it just easier to do a hard reboot and rebuild again? Or does that bring up the fear of it happening all over again? The corruption. But then maybe not because Flynn is not the one really designing it anymore. You've got these guys. So I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe we have to do a little bit of both where we're injecting some fresh code into Tron, but it's sort of like rebooting him in a way because you're removing the bad stuff and you're re-injecting the more innocent, pure code. <laughs> it's well, a more you, primitive you, Tron. You, you kind of lost me here. Are we talking about the grid? Are Sorry. we talking about Tron? Or Sorry, we, I'm talking about Tron right now, like where, like in the USB necklace, they, Tron is still there. Yes. And maybe he is the savior for this. So what do we do? How do we fix Tron? 
I, I think it's more Tron can fix the grid. Mm, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I th I'm thinking there's mm. something in Tron, there's something about him that Alan just got right, that was just so <laughs> inadvertently perfect. It was one of those programs that was so perfect, it had such a perfect base, and that you just build upon it, build upon it, build upon it, that even Alan doesn't truly understand what Tron has become. And, like, Sam goes to Alan and say, just do it again. He's like, I can't just build him again. Like, he, he's not <laughs> what, like, he's, Tron is no longer what I built him as. He's something new. He's something independent. And so I'm thinking if Dillinger goes in and wreaks havoc on this new utopian grid and they don't want another Tron legacy, they don't want another clue, and right. they know that there's something about Tron that can fix it or maybe Tron is the only person who could defeat Dillinger. I don't know. Like I like the idea of it's not the grid that needs to save Tron, but it's Tron that needs to save the grid. I like what you said about Tron being so pure that not only can you not recreate him, but he can eventually make it right. So maybe we don't mess with Tron. Yeah, I don't I don't think we should mess with Tron. Okay. But I'm fine with the grid being crazy. Like I think that's the entire point of what we're talking about. I think Dillinger goes in and wreaks havoc on the grid. Maybe he does reboot some stuff. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe Dillinger is a purist. Ooh. Maybe maybe he wants to go back to what what made it great in the 80s yeah he's the one he is the one who's perpetuating that idea saying look no we just need to do a system yes. reinstall and yes and that is the only way we can rebuild with this base code this before everything got all screwed up and so then when he does it though parts of it are the old grid parts of it are the new grid that's great. And then they're not getting along, and you've got the weird metamorphosis. I, I love that idea. Now, how cool would that be for special effects? I absolutely love that idea. I think that's a perfect marriage of our ideas where... Bam. That's what we're doing today. Maybe that is the entire reason why Dillinger went in, because Cora and Sam believe, no, we just got... You don't erase code. You don't reboot it. You just build upon it. You morph around it. You, you revitalize it. You change it. You grow. And Dillinger's like, no, we reboot, we start over from when my father had his hand in the code, and, and that's what we need to do. That's where we go. Yeah, and maybe that comes across as ego. Yes. You know, oh, my dad. My dad had it right the first time, and you guys are talking about just rebuilding, you know, what your dad did, basically, Sam. Yeah. And it wasn't such a great job, by the way. And trying to figure out where the code went wrong and fixing it is, is going to take more time than just doing a complete reboot. Mm -hmm. You know, all of this kind of makes me think, like, if, he, if, if Dillinger goes in to reboot and Sam and Cora are trying to stop him, but he uh, succeeds in some areas of, of the grid while others are, are fresh and new, he goes back to the 80s or even maybe even before that or something like that. So what if we have this weird, they try to figure out a way to stop Dillinger and they're like, okay, we need Tron. We need to find Tron. They actually go, they find Tron, they convince him to come back to the fight and he does. What if in one of the rebooted sections, there's a rebooted Tron? Ooh, I like it. And so I don't, I don't think they need to face off against each other or like fight each other, but what if they have some interaction? How cool would that be? <laughs> that 
that would be strange and yet satisfying. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I, w- I would dig it. And I don't know, maybe since Alan is usually like in real life behind the scenes, it seems he's the one maybe like adjusting code as they go. Mm. So oh. things do change a little bit as he goes on. So like he's, that might make things interesting too. Like he's outside the grid, so like we kind of go back and yeah. forth between grid and the real world, and so we see Alan right. altering things as we go, kind of like a, a master builder or like a, right, yeah, yeah. Like he's going in there, and then oh, I got it, and then you see thing, and then we cut to like Sam and Cora, and you see something change in the blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. And they figure that oh, Alan must be changing the code. Love it. But that's going to keep things interesting. That would make things fun. Yes. So how do we end things? Well, we did mention Tron saving the day. (laughs) But now we have the question of which Tron? Do we merge the two Trons together? Ooh, that is such a good idea. You were on point tonight. Okay, so yes. No, I'm not, but (laughs) thank you. (laughs) No, that is such a good idea. Like, they figure out that the... Maybe that's the entire message is that... They stop Dillinger in his crazy homicidal, you know, rebooting of programs. Yeah, we got to work together. Same team. Yeah, that's what they realize is that like in order to not destabilize everything, because maybe Cora and Sam stuff is becoming too overgrown, but Dillinger is rebooting too much that it can't recoup. And so both of the Trons realize, well, we need to merge each other's program into to get something new, to get something fresh. And that's what they need to do with the grid as well. They need to they need to merge the rebooted grid as well with the new Tron Legacy grid to get something new. Ooh, and then maybe by the two Trons merging, that is what ultimately does save the grid, is that Tron can do that. Yes. He can smooth everything out in the grid. Like, because Tron was always a protecting program, a protector. Right, he's security. Yeah, he becomes the ultimate protector, almost godlike. As he floats around, <laughs> you know, and uh, and and heals the grid, and and so there you go. Tron becomes God, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so Sam and Cora and and Dillinger can leave. They have a newfound friendship, maybe not friendship, but respect for each other. And respect—that's the word. And they leave the grid knowing that it's in safe hands with this new Tron, something something that yes. they've never seen before, and they move on. And they can access the grid and innovate more. That's they have. That's a freer informa- It's a freer exchange of ideas and information with the grid, and so they can continue to innovate. And it's much more open. And Dillinger gets what he wants. Sam and Cora gets what he wants. And Alan's just like, you know what? I'm out. It's time for you to take the reins. Yeah, I have done my time. I'm going to go retire and ride my horses and have a good life. <laughs> so. I think we have a story. I mean, we have the bare bones of a story. Yeah. We we got the structure. Yes, we've got, I think, the bullet points of an outline. Yeah. We don't have details, but, I mean, for 40-something minutes, this is not bad. This is an idea. And I think it's a decent one. So what do we call it? Tron colon what? Oh. I, it would be too obvious to say difficult... Tron reboot. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We can't do that. Do we leave it up to our listeners because they're very good at this? That's true. I do like doing that. So let's just go ahead and do that. Okay, folks, this is up to you, uh, listeners. After you listen to this episode, please let us know. What should this be called? What should Tron 3, made by the Punch-It crew, be called? It's not Tron. It's not Tron Legacy. It's Tron 
what? Please go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop-down menu, fill out the form, send us an email. You can also find us on Twitter at JoinNerdParty. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thenerdparty. Please let us know. We want to hear from you guys. Totally. And of course, as always, we take the very best suggestion in our opinion and we give it a name. So we'll do that next week. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you enjoy Tron. And uh, we want to know that after we punch it, we fight for the users. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.